The Holy Gospel according to Luke, the 17th chapter. On the way to Jerusalem, Jesus was going through the region between Samaria and Galilee. As he entered the village, ten lepers approached him. Keeping their distance, they called out, saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he said to them, Go and show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were made clean. Then one of them, when he saw what he had was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice. He prostrated himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. And then Jesus asked, Were not ten made clean? But the other nine, where are they? Was none of them found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? And then he said to him, Get up and go on your way. Your faith has made you well. The Gospel of the Lord. The Gospel story, which you just heard read and retold in the children's message, the one about the healing of the lepers, where ten were healed and one returned to give thanks, has long been preached as a simple lesson in manners. That is, when someone gives you a gift, it's polite to say, thank you. And of course, all the more so when that someone is Jesus Christ. As it says in the hymn, Christ the life of all the living, thousand, thousand thanks are due, dearest Jesus, unto you. The Bible reminds us repeatedly to give expression to our gratitude. For example, the Apostle Paul wrote in his letter to the Thessalonians, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. To the Colossians, he wrote, and let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts to which indeed you were called in one body and be thankful. Psalm 107 says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good and his mercy endures forever. And these same words are repeated multiple times throughout the Psalms and elsewhere in the Old Testament. There is no doubt we need the reminder. Human pride can get in the way of acknowledging God as the source of all of life's gifts. Sometimes we find ourselves thinking that we've earned our blessings or that we have at the very least or are at the very least entitled to them. But the Bible makes it clear. God and God alone is the giver of all of life's gifts and we are the recipients throughout the centuries. Scholars and theologians have issued reminders as well. Thomas Merton wrote, to be grateful is to recognize the love of God in everything, and he has given us everything. And Martin Luther named what our response to our generous God must be in his explanation to the first article of the Apostles' Creed after he has bothered to list all of the things that God has done for us. He concludes, and for all this, I am to thank and praise, serve and obey. 
So, on the one hand, today's message is very simple and straightforward. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good and his mercy endures forever. And on the other hand, there is more to this story than basic etiquette. The story of the ten lepers shows us who matters to Jesus. He paints a picture, this story, of how deep and wide the love and mercy of Jesus Christ reaches and extends into our world, and it draws our attention to boundaries and borders, to insiders and outsiders, the marginalized and the excluded, revealing the grandeur and the majesty of God's love for all of this created order. As the story unfolds, Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem, where he would be tried and then crucified. Luke tells us that he was somewhere in between Galilee and Samaria, meaning that he was in some sort of a no-man's land, a place that was, in fact, not at all on the way to Jerusalem, a place that Jews would have avoided no matter the cost. But Jesus is here, and that is not an accident. As Jesus entered the unnamed village, ten lepers, who were being careful to keep their distance, called out to him saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Now, as lepers, they would have been cast out of the village, forced to live apart from family and treated as outcasts. Lepers existed on the margins of society and they were required by law to keep their distance. They were considered unclean. And they had to announce themselves by shouting, unclean, unclean, so that anyone approaching might be forewarned of their presence. We know that at least one of the ten was from Samaria. Maybe they all were. The text doesn't make it clear. Either way, it's important to understand the relationship between the Samaritans and the first century Jews. It was troubled and conflicted and often violent. Centuries before, they had been one people, the Samaritans and the Jews. They were citizens of a united monarchy, but the effects of a disagreement over who should be king, followed by a war and the fall of the northern kingdom and then exile, left them divided and in deep disagreement over matters related to worship and scripture and what it means to be holy. The hostility was fierce on both sides. To say that they hated one another is not an exaggeration. Most Jews refused to travel through Samaria, instead taking an alternate route, even if it meant that the journey would be longer and more difficult and more dangerous. So, there were 10 lepers, at least one of whom was from Samaria, 10 unclean men considered outsiders and outcasts who called out to Jesus asking for mercy. For his part, Jesus did not ask any questions of them. He did not inquire about their faith or about their beliefs or about their intentions. And most significantly, he did not let the matters of leprosy or nationality come between him and their need. As the scripture tells us, Jesus healed 
them all. Despite their outsider, unclean, enemy status, all 10 were healed and sent to the priests who would confirm their healing and then restore them to community. You see, there's no doubt that there's something incredibly important to be understood here about the people who live on the margins of our communities, who are treated as invisible or unlovely, who are cast aside as inferior or unworthy because of how they look or who they are or where they come from. In the story of the 10 lepers and throughout the gospel, we see that God's mercy knows no limit and respects no human boundary. Jesus sees and welcomes and loves each and every human being. Created by God, each one is undeniably beloved of God. And nothing, nothing at all comes between God's love in Christ and his creation. It is exactly as the Apostle Paul wrote to the Romans, for I am convinced, he said, that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Or perhaps, read another way, I am convinced that neither death nor life, nor boundaries, nor barriers, nor color of skin, nor education, nor income level, nor, and here you can add your own to the list, nothing, nothing at all will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. The love of God is absolutely inclusive, boundless, and limitless. It is freely expressed and freely given to everyone. To conclude, recently I was playing blocks with my two-year-old grandson. Over and over again, I stacked the blocks one on top of another, each time building the tower a little higher and a little stronger. And then, you know what's coming, he would swing his little arm and all the blocks would come crashing down, much to his amusement and to his pure joy and delight. Friends, I think God is just like that when it comes to boundaries and borders that we repeatedly build and construct and establish in an attempt to sort out people from one another, in an attempt to establish who is in and who is out, in an attempt to determine and decide who is worthy and who has access to God's grace. We build them. <laughs> These borders and boundaries between people, and truth be told, we've been doing it our entire lives. And then along comes Jesus Christ, who breaks them down, time and again, with his boundless mercy and limitless grace, along with an unbreakable commitment to reuniting whatever it is that keeps us apart and restoring the world 
to God's divine design. And I'll tell you this, with every falling down, crumbling pile of boundaries and barriers between his people, God is filled once again anew with pure joy and delight. Amen.